0: This is episode 458 of the AWS Podcast. Released on July 11, 2021. Podcast confirmed. Welcome to the official AWS Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the AWS podcast. Simon Leash here with you. Great to have you back. And I'm running solo today. Nikki is on vacation, but we'll be back for the next episode. And this is the first recording I've done back in the office for about a year and a half. So uh, hopefully, you will uh, not be facing the challenges of my puppy scratching and jumping and making noise. And uh, I'm sure my children will thank me for the fact they don't have to creep around the house for about an hour while dad records the podcast on the kitchen table. <laughs> so hopefully the audio is a little better again and uh, regular programming can continue. Now, just a quick reminder, if you do want to give us feedback, obviously podcast at amazon.com is an email way to do it. But if you want to do a vocal share, you can. You just go to the podcasting page link in the show notes and there's a button there that says leave feedback or ask questions and you can click on that and upload your own audio. And we do love to hear from you. Uh, some folks leave messages to to share with others, and others just leave messages directly, and that's fine as well. So, what are you hearing from you? So, let's get into today's topics. The first topic is analytics. And AWS Glue Studio now provides data previews during visual job authoring. So, what this means is you can now sample your data and run each transform in your job so you can test and debug your transformations without having to save or run the job. Data previews are available for each source, target, and transform node in the visual editor. So you can verify the results step-by-step, makes it much easier to build. And the team has been very busy. In fact, AWS Glue Data Brew has also added support for 14 new advanced data types for data preparation, these are things like social security number, email address, phone number, gender, URL, credit card, etc., etc., etc. And it also now supports writing data sets from job runs directly into the Adibus Glue data catalog as well. So, what this means is you can run your data preparation recipes directly to the Adibus Glue data catalog. And you can choose to store data sets in Amazon S3, Amazon Redshift, and Amazon RDS, be it Aurora, Oracle, SQL Server, MySQL, and Postgres SQL tables in the data catalog. And another quick change is support for backslash delimiter in .csv datasets. So you can now have the backslash or escape delimiter and the full list of supported delimiters for CSV files is in the documentation. AWS Glue Schema Registry now supports JSON Schema. So you can now use the JSON Schema format in addition to Apache Avro, which lets customers who choose JSON Schema as the format for their streaming data to centrally control the evolution of data streams and avoid having to manage their own registries. So through Apache licensed serializers and deserializers, Glue Schema Registry, I should say, integrates with Java applications developed for Apache Kafka or the Amazon managed streaming for Apache Kafka service, uh, or Amazon Kinesis data streams or Apache Flink or Kinesis data analytics for Apache Flink and AWS Lambda. In fact, lots of ways to do things. So this gives you more choice in terms of the layouts you want to use. And it is compatible with drafts four, six, and seven of JSON schema. AWS Lambda now supports SASL and Plain authentication for functions triggered from self-managed Apache Kafka. So AWS Lambda functions that are triggered from self-managed Apache Kafka topics can now access usernames and passwords that are secured by AWS Secrets Manager using SASL slash Plain, which is a simple username password authentication mechanism that's typically used with TLS for encryption to implement secure authentication. This is in addition to the previous solution, which was SASL slash Scram, which was already supported on Lambda. Amazon EMR now supports up to 30 instance type configurations in instance fleets. So you can now specify up to 30 different EC2 instance types for each of your master, core and task node groups when using EMR instance fleets with allocation strategy. This was previously limited to 15 for task nodes and only five for master and core. What this increase does is allows you to specify a broader range of instance sizes, generations and families that your workloads can operate across to improve your access to both spot and on-demand capacity. You can use the increased limits to increase access to spot capacity and reduce the risk of spot interruptions. You can now customize and package dependencies with your Apache Spark applications on Amazon EMR on Amazon EKS. Lots of abbreviations there tacked very closely together. Amazon EMR on EKS announced support for custom images, which is a new capability that enables customers to customize the Docker container images used for running Apache Spark applications on EMR on EKS. Custom images enable you to install and configure packages specific to your workload that are not available in the public distribution of EMR Spark Runtime into a single immutable container. An immutable container promotes portability and simplifies dependency management, goodness knows we need that, for each workload and enables you to integrate developing applications for EMR on EKS with your own continuous integration pipeline. Amazon Redshift now supports case insensitive collation with column level overrides. So starting today, you can use the collate clause within your create database statement to specify the default collation for all char and varchar columns in the database as case sensitive or case insensitive. And If you've ever worked in that domain, you know that makes a big difference. You can also specify a collate clause on a create table statement to specify collation for columns in that table in addition to the collate function, allows you to override the collation of a string column or an expression. So you can set your default, but you can change behavior as well. This is nice. And last update in this topic, Aqua for Amazon Redshift launches in three additional AWS regions. As I mentioned often on the podcast, we don't list all the regional expansions, but when something's uh, particularly interesting and is a good reminder of a capability, then we'll mention it. So Aqua, the advanced career accelerator for Amazon Redshift is now generally available in three additional AWS regions. Europe-Frankfurt, Asia-Pacific-Sydney, and Asia-Pacific-Singapore. And to remind you, Aqua is a new distributed and hardware-accelerated cache that enables Amazon Redshift to run up to 10 times faster than other enterprise cloud data warehouses by automatically boosting certain types of queries. Now, the way it does this is it uses AWS-designed processes with AWS Nitro chips adapted to speed up data encryption and compression and custom analytics processes implemented in FPGAs, Field Programmable Gate Arrays. To accelerate operations such as scans, filtering, and aggregation. On to the topic of application integration, we're pleased to announce Workflow Studio, which is a new low-code visual workflow designer for AWS Step Functions. Makes it faster and easy to build your workflows using just a drag-and-drop interface in the console. Now, AWS Step Functions is a workflow orchestration service that makes it easy to build distributed applications, automate IT and business processes. So it's not just what's running in the cloud and build data and machine learning pipelines using AWS services. You can compose services such as AWS Lambda, ECS, Glue, into scalable fault tolerant workflows and applications. And now you can just do it completely visually in a low code interface with drag and drop and all the other cool stuff, which makes it easier and quicker to build. Moving on to the topic of compute, Amazon EKS managed node groups now support parallel node upgrades. So you can now upgrade multiple nodes in parallel. Funnily enough, that's the name of it. EKS managed node groups helps make it easier to run highly available and secure Kubernetes clusters by automating the provisioning and lifecycle management of the worker nodes, which means you don't have to select or configure all the different things to make it work. During the upgrade process, managed node groups will bring up a new node and cordon and drain old nodes to minimize disruptions to running applications. Now, previously this happened one node at a time, which gave you the least possible amount of disruption, but took longer to complete as you had a larger node group. Now the amount of nodes that can be upgraded at a time is configurable and clusters with applications that are more fault tolerant can benefit from reduced time to complete node upgrades. AWS Parallel Cluster now supports Ubuntu 20.04. Now, if you've not come across this, this is a fully supported and maintained open source cluster management tool that makes it easy for scientists, researchers, and IT administrators to deploy and manage high performance computing clusters in the AWS cloud. And there are some new features that have also been introduced as well as support for Ubuntu. There is also now support for FSX for Lustre in isolated subnets. The Bottle Rocket AMI for Amazon ECS is now generally available. This is pretty exciting because Bottle Rocket is an open source Linux-based operating system that's purpose-built to run containers. That's what it's designed for. That's what it does. Bottle Rocket only includes the software needed to run containers and comes with a single step update mechanism. This lets you improve your security posture, reduce your maintenance overhead for your Amazon ECS clusters and just make life a bit easier. With this release, Amazon ECS also helps you automate OS updates for Bottle Rocket, helping you improve application availability and reduce disruption during updates. The other good thing is Bottle Rocket's root file system is read-only and backed by DM Verity. The kernel blocks all direct writes and behind the scenes will detect any modification as corruption and reboot the host. It also comes with security-enhanced Linux, SE Linux policies enabled in enforcing mode for additional isolation, plus a whole bunch of other cool things, including the fact that your updates are applied and rolled back in an atomic manner, reducing update complexity and failures. So many good things about this. Take a look. AWS announces a new shell for F1 instances with an increased FPGA resources and data transfer speeds. So, the F1 instances have been used by customers to accelerate a growing set of applications from genomic processing, data analytics, security, image video analytics, machine learning, and more. And they've been using the FPGA, Build Programmable Gate Array, Developer Kit, and the current standard F1X14 shells to build and deploy their applications. So, there is a new shell, F1 Small Shell. F1S1O that will use 30% less FPGA resources and improves transfer speeds between FPGA and host by up to 20% over the standard shell. So this means you can take advantage of more of the resources and have greater control over the DMA. And the small shell gives developers six additional clock regions and also reduces routing congestion and will make management overall just a whole bunch easier. An announcement about the Amazon EC2 INF1 instances, some new features and some better performance and lower cost. So the INF1 instances and AWS Neuron now support YOLO v5 and Resnext deep learning models, as well as the latest open source hugging face transformers. I'm pretty impressed that I got to say all those things in one sentence. I mean, YOLO and hugging face, Who wouldn't love this job? We have optimized the Neuron compiler to enhance performance and you can now achieve an out-of-the-box 12x higher throughput than comparable GPU instances for pre-trained BERT-based models. These enhancements enable you to effectively meet your high-performance inference requirements and deploy state-of-the-art deep learning models at low cost. Now, as a reminder, the INF1 instances are powered by AWS Inferentia, which is a custom chip built by AWS to accelerate machine learning inference. These instances give you the lowest cost for deep learning Inference in the cloud. You can easily train machine learning models on popular frameworks like TensorFlow, PyTorch, and MXNet and deploy them on the Infine instances using the Neuron SDK. And as Neuron is integrated with popular machine learning frameworks, you can deploy your existing models to Infine instances with minimal code changes. So you get portability and freedom without being tied to a vendor specific solution. So to help you further scale your deep learning applications in production, We are announcing a 38% reduction in our on-demand prices, effective June 1st, 2021. And for customers who want to take advantage of savings plans or reserved instances to further lower their costs, we're reducing our one-year savings plan and RI prices by 38% and our three-year savings plan and RI prices by 31%. These lower prices would also be effective for customers who use the Inf1 instances via container orchestration services like ECS or EKS. For customers who prefer to use fully managed machine learning services, we're also reducing the price of the ML Inf1 instance in Amazon SageMaker. Uh, I've talked about SageMaker a lot. And again, this will also have 38% lower prices on on on-demand instances as well, and also reductions to savings plans at different levels based upon the commitment that is made. AWS SAM launches machine learning inference templates for AWS Lambda. So this is a serverless application model. Uh, It's launched four new templates for building machine learning inference-based applications on AWS Lambda, and you can use these as a starting point so you're not starting from scratch. We're offering templates for the TensorFlow, PyTorch, XGBoost, and Scikit-learn frameworks, and each template will generate a fully functional serverless application to classify things like handwritten digits, and starter models are included. And finally, on this topic, we're pleased to announce per-second billing for EC2 Windows server and SQL server instances. So effective June the 11th, 2021, we've extended our per second billing to Windows Server and SQL Server instances running on Amazon EC2. So you'll only pay for those instances that are launched on-demand, reserved and spot from running on EC2 in one second increments with a minimum of one minute. Moving on to the topic of customer engagement, Amazon Connect Chat now supports Apple Business Chat. This is now generally available and your customers can interact with you using the Apple Messages application on their iPhone, iPad, or Mac, which is pretty cool. Your customers can now have an experience that's familiar and convenient as chatting with a friend while using rich customer service features like interactive messages to do things like schedule appointments. And Amazon Connect has also launched an API to configure Quick connects programmatically. Quick connects are a way for you to create pre-configured destinations for common transfers and to make them available for agents to use. Using the API, you can programmatically configure thousands of quick connects to agents' queues and phone numbers. Additionally, you can also delete them when they're no longer needed. Deleting is also important, so it makes it much quicker and it also supports Cloud CloudFormation. Onto the topic of databases, Amazon RDS for MariaDB now supports new minor versions 10.2.37, 10.3.28, 10.4.18 and 10.5.9. And it also now supports the MariaDB audit plugin for MySQL version 8. The MariaDB audit plugin is also available for MySQL major versions 5.6 and 5.7 and provides event logging for database activities to help customers meet compliance and audit requirements and to troubleshoot application issues. Amazon Neptune now supports copying DB cluster resource tags to DB snapshots. So when you tag your stuff, it can be copied across as part of your snapshot. We're also pleased to announce a managed database auditing with Amazon RDS database activity streams for Amazon RDS for Oracle. This provides a near real-time stream of all audited statements, things like select, DML, DDL, DCL, TCL, executed in your database instance. The audit data is collected from the unified database audit, while the storage and processing of database activity is managed outside of your database. This prevents database users and admins from modifying the audit stream. Amazon RDS for Oracle now also supports additional memory configurations of the R5 instance class. You can now launch additional configurations with up to four times the RAM per vCPU of existing R5 instance classes, and this can give you a lot more flexibility in what you're designing. In fact, you can have up to 768 gigabytes of memory and a 32 to 1 memory to vCPU ratio, which means you can right-size your workloads and save on compute and licensing costs, which are often core-based. Amazon DynamoDB Accelerator DAX now supports encryption in transit of data between your applications and DAX clusters and between the nodes within a DAX cluster. So that means all your stuff is protected as it moves around and you don't have to do anything, which is also really nice. Amazon DocumentDB with MongoDB compatibility now supports the R58X Large and R516 Large instances. And this gives you more choice in terms of how you want to deliver your capabilities. In fact, the R5s are a latest generation of memory optimised instances that give you 5% additional memory per vCPU and up to 20% increased CPU performance over the R4 instances. DocumentDB R5 instances provide up to 100% better performance over R4 instances for the same instance cost. So take a look at your workload and think about switching. Amazon Aurora Serverless V1 supports fast database cloning. So this allows you to clone rather than restore a snapshot, and it requires no additional space at the time of creation. With this launch, you can, for example, create a cloned Aurora Serverless V1 DB cluster from a provisioned Aurora DB cluster to get quick access to production data for development and testing. Or you can use the clone to verify schema changes, test different parameters, or do a whole bunch of other experimental stuff that you might need to do. And you only pay for additional storage if you make data changes in the cloned DB cluster. Amazon Keyspaces for Apache Cassandra now helps you monitor and improve application read-write performance and throughput by using new Amazon CloudWatch metrics. Now, it integrates more deeply with CloudWatch to give you better observability into your Cassandra workload performance. It publishes new metrics to optimize application data models by detecting unbalanced workload traffic across your partitions. In addition, the new metrics help you detect when you need to increase the number of client connections to support greater read-write throughput. Some Amazon Aurora updates, Amazon Aurora Postgres supports the PG Proctab extension to access Postgres SQL system stats. So now you can get access to those to make it easy to collect data on your database, including up to date information on processor and IO statistics on SQL queries, which is always useful for troubleshooting. And Amazon Aurora supports PostgreSQL 12.6, 11.11, 10.16 and 9.6.21 as well. There are bug fixes and improvements And a reminder that Amazon Aurora Postgres 9.6, which is quite an old version now, will reach end of life on January 31st, 2022. So it's time to upgrade, get that done. Another quick update, uh, actually, a few updates for Amazon Aurora Postgres continuing. Um, The PG Partman extension for managing time or serial ID table partitioning is now supported. And the PG Big M extension for faster full text search is supported. And PG Cron. Extension for scheduling database jobs is also supported as well. And Amazon RDS for PostgreSQL now supports extension allow lists as well, as we now support over 70 PostgreSQL extensions. And now it's easier to set up and operate these extensions and specify which ones can be installed on a PostgreSQL DB instance and which ones cannot be allowed as well. Onto the topic of developer tools, and this is not so much a tool as an activity, pleased to announce AWS BugBust. This is the world's first global competition for Java and Python developers to collectively fix 1 million bugs. I can commit to creating the bugs. I can't necessarily commit to fixing them. Eliminate software errors and save millions of dollars using Amazon CodeGuru and win prizes and glory in the first annual bug bust challenge. So check out the details in the show notes. And if you bust some bugs, you could have some good stuff. And the top 10 bug busters win an expenses pay trip to AWS reInvent 2021, which is pretty cool. Adibus DevOps monitoring dashboard solution version 1.1 now has support for AWS code build and Adibus code pipeline related metrics. Now this is a reference implementation that automates the setup of DevOps metrics dashboards so that customers developing on AWS can measure development activity and identify areas for continued improvement. So this gives you even more detail of what's going on and it's really quick and easy to get set up, which is nice. You can have it on that big screen in the corner of the office. Amazon CodeGuru Reviewer announces CICD integration with GitHub Actions and new security detectors for Java. Now, if you haven't come across Amazon CodeGuru, it's a developer tool that leverages automated reasoning and machine learning to detect potential defects that are difficult to find in your code and offers suggestions for improvements. And there's now a new CI/CD experience for the reviewer component that lets you trigger code quality and security analysis as a step within your CI workflow using GitHub Actions. Also, there are now 20 new detectors for Code Guru Reviewer to help identify security vulnerabilities and check for security best practices in your Java code. So this lets you get up and running very quickly. You can get started and review your first 100,000 lines of code for free for 90 days. Check it out. Uh, A lot of people are getting a lot of benefit from this particular capability. And last one on this topic, you can simplify building of serverless applications with AWS-supported container images for continuous integration systems. Container images work natively with continuous integration systems like CloudBees, CI Jenkins, GitLab, CI CD, GitHub Actions, CircleCI, and AWS CodeBuild, of course. These make it easy to build and package serverless applications using the serverless application model CLI, which itself is a tool that makes it easy to build, locally test, package, and deploy serverless stuff. The new container images alleviate the need for teams to create and manage their own images for CI systems. Previously, you'd have to pre-install all the tooling, build the images, do the checks, share them across the organization, then update them, which is always fun. Now you can just configure the continuous integration tool to pull the images from the Amazon ECR public gallery and always have the latest version. One update in the topic of end-user computing, the self-service features and trusted device support are now available on the Amazon Workspace's Android client app. So the new features are intended for customers who use Android or Android-compatible Chrome OS devices as primary workspace client endpoint devices. You can now restrict workspace accesses to trusted or managed Android or Android-compatible Chrome OS devices, which enhances your overall security posture. And the new self-service WorkSpaces management features lets your WorkSpaces users reboot, rebuild, change the bundle type, increase the volume size, and autonomously manage the running mode of their workspace, which means you get to handle less tickets. On to the topic of game tech, Amazon Gamelift announces a batch distance rule update to FlexMatch. When playing multiplayer games, players expect to be matched quickly into competitive and fun games. That's what we're there for. To achieve this for players, a good matchmaker must group together players based on their attributes, including skill level, player style, and then latency. Latency, all important. Oftentimes, players get grouped into either large matches, so greater than 40 players, or smaller matches, up to 40 players. After speaking with customers, we're delivering several updates that allow for more evenly appropriately matched and less fragmented player teams. So it's a new rule type called a batch distance rule, which allows for a string or numeric attribute to be specified, bringing a host of benefits. For large matches of greater than 40 players, instead of evenly balancing players by only skill, you now get the same balance based on high or low skill levels, modes, and maps. And as a developer, you can ensure everyone in the match is in a skill band so that you get the best players with the same skills in the same band. You can ban multiple numeric attributes such as league or play style. You can group using string attributes, including map, game mode, and more, a whole bunch of other stuff. Pretty cool. Makes for a better game. Moving on to the topic of the internet of things. We're happy to announce support for custom partitioning in AWS IoT analytics data stores. This allows customers to partition their data stores based on both timestamp and non timestamp attributes. Now you can use this feature to create partition data stores so your queries run more efficiently as they scan less data. And if you're processing less data, you run faster. So this gives you more options for that. Some updates in the topic of machine learning. We're happy to announce Amazon Kendra smaller units and a price drop. So Kendra Enterprise Edition is now offered in smaller, more granular units that let you have smaller workloads. It now starts at a $1.40 per hour or $1,008 per month, offering the same functionality and availability at a smaller scale and cost. The base Kendra Enterprise Edition now supports up to 100,000 documents and 8,000 searches per day, with adaptive bursting capability to better handle unpredictable query spikes. Similarly, the virtual storage capacity units now offer scaling increments of 100,000 documents up to 30 gig per unit, and it gives you a lot more flexibility in how you tune and design. AWS has introduced new framework specific deep learning AMIs and backwards compatible images. We're really excited to offer the new deep learning AMIs or DL AMIs, and we've launched framework specific DL AMIs for PyTorch 190 and TensorFlow 250 with support for Amazon Linux, Ubuntu 18.04, and Ubuntu 20.04. Now, these provide machine learning practitioners and researchers with the infrastructure and tools needed to run their workloads on the cloud. And these optimized new images are up to 60% smaller in size, accelerating the time for machine learning practitioners to launch their AMIs. And we will continue to release and support the deep learning AMIs in the previous format that includes multiple frameworks and operating systems within a single AMI. In addition, these new framework-specific AMIs enable customers to ensure backwards compatibility because each contain a single framework, the version of which is updated with a patch. For example, the DLAMI with TensorFlow 2.3 will always have the same major and minor version but may receive occasional patch version updates. With the new framework-specific DLAMIs, customers can be confident that the same version of a framework will maintain compatibility with their applications and deep learning libraries whilst also staying up to date with framework bug fixes and security patches. Amazon Recognition Custom Labels now has support for KMS encryption of custom model training data. So it now supports the ability to use a KMS key to encrypt the image data delivered to the Recognition Custom Labels service to train your custom machine learning model. By default, Amazon Recognition Custom Labels encrypts the image data at rest using server-side encryption. With this release, if you provide the Amazon Recognition Custom Labels with your KMS key or alias ARN, it will use that key instead to encrypt your training and test images. Amazon Translate is a fully managed neural machine translation service that delivers high quality, affordable, and customizable translation in 71 languages and variants, and it now supports translation of XML localized interchange file format, or XLIF documents. Amazon SageMaker now supports the mlg 4 dn instances for batch transform and processing jobs. This is ideal for scenarios where you're working with large batches of data, and you don't need sub-second latency. It enables you to run your pre- or post-processing workloads, such as feature engineering, data validation, model evaluation, and model interpretation, with a fully managed experience. And so, this is a very cost-effective way to get that done. Amazon Text has announced quality updates to its forms extraction feature. Now, this is a machine learning service that automatically extracts text, handwriting, and data from scanned documents. It goes way beyond the traditional OCR type things to understand and extract data from forms and tables. Now, we continuously improve the underlying machine learning models based on customer feedback to make it better. Today, we're pleased to announce an accuracy enhancement update for our forms extraction feature. Starting today, Texttract more accurately detects the checkboxes and key value pairs within documents and images. The accuracy is especially improved for invoices and receipts, but customers will also see improvements across many documents in finance, healthcare, legal, public sector, and more. Amazon Personalize now unlocks information in unstructured text for recommendations. So these are things like product descriptions, reviews, movie synopses, and other unstructured data that actually is really, really relevant. So now customers can provide unstructured text as part of their catalog and using state of the art natural language technology processing techniques, Amazon Personalize will automatically extract key information about the items in your catalog to use when generating recommendations for your users. Amazon Lex, which is a service for building conversational interfaces and chatbots now supports the multi-valued slots. A slot is used to capture user responses as the bot gathers information to fulfill a request. In some cases, the information can be a list of multiple values. For example, when conversing with an insurance bot, a customer may request quotes for insurance premiums. When the bot requests them to specify which insurance type, the customer might respond with more than one type and say, hey, I need quotes for home, car, boat premium. With multi-value slots, Amazon Lex can now capture the customer's response in a single response with no special coding required. And a quick update for Amazon Polly, which turns text into lifelike speech, it now has a new German neural text-to-speech voice. This is the new version of Vicky. So Vicky is now available as either an NTTS or a standard German voice. Moving on to the topic of management and governance, there is a new AWS solutions implementation called tag Tamer, And tag Tamer helps you apply tags to new and existing AWS resources using the pre-built web interface that gives you a consistent tagging implementation, which means you get better cost allocations, automation, access controls, and organization. You can find and correct your uh, tag misspellings and capitalization errors. I would be lying if I said I hadn't done that myself. You can enforce rules, you can export reports and a whole bunch of other capabilities. And this is available to you on the AWS Solutions Implementations webpage. AWS Systems Manager now supports free text search for a node in the Session Manager console. So now you can easily find the node without knowing the exact value of a property like a name or an instance ID. And the free text search is supported for multiple properties of a managed node, including instance ID, name, agent version, platform status, and many more. Amazon CloudWatch Metric Math has added 14 new functions, including running sum, time series, and data point count. Two new fill variants, two logarithmic functions, two functions for calculating the differences between each data point, and five time functions are also now supported. So, with CloudWatch Metric Math, you can aggregate and transform metrics to create custom visualizations of your health and performance metrics. And it lets you view the logarithmic values of your metric, better visualize the change in latency over time and calculate the cumulative sales of a product just to name a few. Lots more flexibility here. It is really powerful in creating very understandable reports of what's happening in your environment, both from a uh, infrastructure function perspective or a code function perspective, but also from the actual output of business logic as well. You can now configure GitHub action workflows with a new GitHub action for building serverless applications. The new AWS-supported setup SAM GitHub Action makes it easy to keep consistency across GitHub Action Runners, stay up-to-date with AWS Serverless Application Model CLI tooling, and select its versions. So customers that use GitHub Actions for CI of Serverless Applications must select the type of GitHub Action Runner for their needs and ensure it contains all the necessary tooling. Customers can use a GitHub-hosted runner, which is a virtual machine hosted by GitHub, with the runner application installed. They could also host their own runners to customize the environment used to run jobs in their GitHub Actions workflows. The new setup SAM GitHub Action simplifies the setup of continuous integration jobs because it provides consistency across both hosted and self-hosted runners. It enables selecting specific AWS SAM CLI tooling versions or automatically just use the latest. AWS Managed Services or AMS now offers self-service operational reporting across all your AMS managed accounts. So now you can understand what's going on in both your traditional and next generation workloads that are being managed within that environment. You can get the rich set of operational reports in your managed accounts through the AWS Managed Services Console. You can also get it through a secure S3 bucket that AMS provides for your analytics and business intelligence needs. AWS Control Tower announces Accessibility Console and Performance Improvements. It has now been enhanced with improved keyboard navigation and labelling for screen readers, which helps users for having easier navigation, I should say. So for example, JavaScript links have been converted to native HTML links for easier keyboard navigation, while human-friendly labels have been added so that screen readers can convey the intent of tables, links, and buttons on the Adibus Control Tower console. A whole bunch of other improvements, including search and sort and the ability to filter data by region, a whole bunch of really interesting stuff, is really, really useful. And also, if you configured AWS Control Tower to provide controls for your resources in multiple AWS regions, then you can see reductions of up to 35% in the time taken to enable or disable an AWS Control Tower Detective Guardrail, create a new account using the Account Factory, or to update the account that's enrolled in Control Tower or a bunch of other things as well. It's getting better, it's getting faster. Got an update for Amazon Lookout for Metrics, which allows you to connect your Amazon CloudWatch data to detect anomalies and diagnose their root causes using Amazon Lookout for Metrics. Amazon Lookout for Metrics uses machine learning to automatically detect and diagnose anomalies, which are outliers from the norm, without requiring any prior ML experience. And Amazon CloudWatch, of course, gives you actionable insights to monitor your applications and respond to system-wide performance changes and other stuff. You can now seamlessly connect your data in Amazon CloudWatch to set up a highly accurate anomaly detector across metrics, dimensions, and namespaces of your choice using Lookout for Metrics. Very nifty. We're pleased to announce a new public registry for AWS CloudFormation. This is a new searchable collection of extensions that allows you to discover, provision, and manage third-party extensions, which include resource types or provisioning logic, and modules published by the AWS Partner Network Partners and the developer community. You can also create and publish your own extensions on the CloudFormation public registry, allowing anyone to use them. Today, you can centrally search and use over 35 extensions published on the registry by partners and from AWS Quickstarts. You can view the identity verification for each extension publisher on the public registry. And APM partners who collaborated with this launch include MongoDB, Datadog, Alassian, Opsgenie, JFrog, Trend Micro, Splunk, AcroSecurity, FireEye, Sysdig, Snick, Checkpoint, Spot by NetApp, Gremlin, Stackery, and Iridium, just to name a few. Amazon Translate is now integrated with Amazon CloudWatch Events and Amazon EventBridge. So, this is really nifty because Amazon Translate, which is a fully managed neural machine translation service, is now integrated with Amazon CloudWatch Events and Amazon EventBridge. Amazon CloudWatch Events delivers a near real-time stream of system events that describe changes in AWS resources. And you can create rules for AWS CloudWatch Events and EventBridge and events that match these rules will be routed to targets for processing. With this integration, you can receive a notification when your translation job is completed instead of manually requesting a status update. And last but not least in this particular topic, AWS Purchase Order Management now supports a TRN filter for AWS Europe. So this is something well outside my expertise, which is tax registration numbers, but you can now use tax registration numbers as an additional filter for mapping your purchase orders to your invoices with AWS purchase order management. This allows you to easily manage your purchase orders in a self-service manner, define PO invoice association rules, track PO balance and expiration, and receive email alerts for POs approaching expiration and running out of balance. Customers located in EMEA, whose businesses comprise several legal entities have previously benefited from receiving separate tax compliant VAT invoices from AWS Europe for each legal entity that is defined by a distinct TRN. With the new TRN mapping feature, customers can now empower their legal entities to independently manage their own purchase orders and make it easier and more streamlined from a procure-to-pay process. Moving on to the topic of media services, AWS Elemental Media Package has extended its metadata pass-through capabilities. It now supports timed ID3 metadata pass-through for live and video demand streams in HLS, CMAF and Dash formats. There is also now support for additional MXF mezzanine output formats for AWS Elemental Media Convert. It now supports creating AVC Intra, VC3 and XAVC mezzanine formats carried in the MXF container. And support for HDR10 for HEVC outputs is also now available with AWS Elemental Media Convert. So this is new support for HDR10 Plus metadata analysis and insertion, which further enhances HDR video with dynamic color metadata for viewing devices to adjust automatically on a scene-by-scene basis. Using Media Convert, you now have the option to perform a HDR10 Plus analysis on your HDR10 content and insert the resulting metadata into the encoded outputs for consumption on HDR10 Plus. Enabled devices, AWS Elemental Media Live now converts image-based subtitles to text-based captions for mobile device playback. So this supports converting digital video broadcasting bitmap and SCT27 image-based subtitles to Web VTT captions. Now the reason why this is important is typically web and mobile video players don't handle image-based subtitles, so you couldn't easily give it to your viewers with captions from image-based sources. Now you can. Um, It's pretty cool capability. Check it out. And finally, we're happy to introduce AWS Elemental Link UHD, a device to send live ultra high definition 4K HDR video to AWS. These devices are fast and easy to set up and ship fully configured to your AWS account. You simply connect the device to power, an IP network and an SDI or HDMI video source. And Once connected, video is automatically available to your MediaLive console in less than a minute and ready to stream to viewers straight away. Moving on to the topic of migration and transfer, AWS DataSync can now copy system access control lists or SACLs to Amazon FSX for Windows file server. So when using DataSync to copy data between Amazon FSX for Windows file systems and SMB shares, you can now copy the object metadata describing the NTFS system access control list, typically used by administrators to define the operations on files and folders that generate audit logs. With this launch, Datasync can now copy all access control entries for files and folders between your SMB shares and FSX for Windows File Server file systems, as well as between FSX for Windows File Server file systems. Moving on to the topic of front-end and mobile, AWS Amplify CLI now has support for storing environment variables and secrets accessed by AWS Lambda functions. So this helps separate environment-specific configurations from business logic, which is a good thing to do. A couple of other updates for AWS Amplified has also launched new full-stack CI/CD capabilities. It now supports conditional backend build, automatic build time, AWS exports JS generation, and a simpler console workflow to reuse backends across multiple front-end branches. And it also now has support for IAM permission boundaries on Amplify-generated IAM roles. With today's launch, IT admins can ensure that their developers and Amplify backends have access only to the services they need, in addition, organizations that require every IAM role to have a permissions boundary assigned can now adopt the Adobe Amplify CLI to do this. On to the topic of networking and content delivery. Adibus Client VPN has launched the desktop client for Linux. So it now supports SAML-based federated authentication for opening a VPN connection from a Linux desktop operating system, Ubuntu 64-bit, 1804 and 2004 LTS, and the desktop client has feature parity with the existing Windows and Mac OS desktop clients. And these are available free of charge and available for download. We're happy to announce AWS App Mesh controller for Kubernetes version 1.4.0 with ingress enhancements. This now includes support for enhanced ingress traffic and management capabilities. And it provides a way to configure and manage your AWS App Mesh using Kubernetes directly. Now this is a service mesh that provides application-level networking to standardize how your services communicate giving you end-to-end visibility and allowing high availability for your applications. With this release, you can configure gateway and virtual router routes to enable and disable request rewriting, add or remove prefixes, and edit the path component of the request as it enters your mesh. Moreover, it's now possible to match requests to gateway and virtual router destinations based upon the host name and or the header by using a regex in the path. And finally, on this topic, Amazon CloudFront has announced new TLS version 1.2 2021 security policy for viewer connections. It now provides a new security policy, which removes some of the uh, older CBC-based ciphers and supports the latest and greatest ciphers that you should be using. Moving on to the topic of security identity and compliance, IAM Access Analyzer now has new policy checks to help validate conditions during IAM policy authoring. So this makes it easy for customers to author secure and functional permissions by giving you over 100 policy checks. Now, what this now does is extends policy validation by adding new policy checks that validate conditions included in IAM policies. These checks analyze the condition block in your policy statement and report security warnings, errors, and suggestions, which is nice, along with actionable recommendations. And these checks can help you set fine-grained permissions by guiding you to apply conditions in a secure and functional way. For example, Access Analyzer validates that policies that specify tagging conditions include the required tag information in the conditions. Nice check. We're happy to announce AWS Key Management Service, KMS, is introducing multi-region keys. This is a new capability that lets you replicate keys from one AWS region to another. With multi-region keys, you can more easily move encrypted data between regions without having to decrypt and re-encrypt with different keys in each region. Multi-region keys are supported for client-side encryption In the AWS Encryption SDK, the AWS S3 Encryption Client, and AWS DynamoDB Encryption Client. AWS WAF has added 15 new text transformations. This lets you reformat web requests to remove any unusual formatting or sanitize input before rule evaluation. Can be used to identify threats that may be obscured by attackers in an effort to bypass your detection, and you can use these new text transformations with RAF rule statements such as SQLi detection, string match, and regex pattern set. And you can chain up to 10 text transformations together in a single rule statement. Once configured, AWS WAF will apply the transformations first before evaluating the rule statement. There's no additional cost for using these additional text transformations, but standard service charges for AWS WAF still apply. Adobe Certificate Manager Private Certificate Authority now supports more flexibility for CA's shared across accounts. Customers can now share CA's across accounts to issue certificates defined as client-only TLS and server-only TLS, as well as fully customizable certificates. Customers can also choose to share a CA to allow issuance of CA certificates and provide the revocation functions to other accounts. AWS Resource Access Manager, or RAM, helps you securely share your resources across AWS accounts within your organization or organizational units. And now also with IAM roles and IAM users with supported resource types. Also with this release, AWS RAM now provides additional managed permissions that you can use to define access to shared resources. In addition to the default managed permissions defined for each shareable resource type, you now have more flexibility to choose which permissions to grant to whom for resource types that support additional managed permissions. Basically, more granular control. And the final topic today is the topic of storage and one very nice update here. AWS Backup now supports crash consistent backups of Amazon EBS volumes attached to an Amazon EC2 instance. Now by default, AWS Backup will create a crash consistent backup when they're attached to an Amazon EC2 instance and customers no longer have to stop the instance or coordinate between multiple EBS volumes attached to the same EC2 instance to ensure crash consistency of the application backup. This is really, really, really important because having crash consistency means you can recover the file system. And that is always important when you're doing a backup. So lots of updates there. I hope there was something for everyone there. As always, we do love to get your feedback. At AWS podcast and amazon.com is the place to do that or leave a vocal one as well via the website. And until next time, keep on building.